uh, when uh, we sat down and, and a couple months ago, about a month ago, and looked at the calendar, we knew uh, that the Man Up series was coming up, and we're very excited for that. And Ben had received the invitation some time ago uh, for this trip to Alaska to go minister. And we were putting everything together, and Ben said, Katie, um, write this on your calendar. I want you to speak on June 5th. Um, uh, I want you to speak on that day. I'm going to be in Alaska ministering at a church, and so I would like you to speak that morning. And I said, oh, no problem, no problem. And, and as I started preparing and studying, I realized, well, wait, wait a second. You know, I'm following the course of things. I knew it was going to be during the Man Up series, and so I was preparing for that. But then I realized it was the very first message in the Man Up series, and I thought, I went to him, and I'm like, baby, you know that's the first message in the Man series, and you're going to have... Are you sure you want me to do that? Like, I mean, certainly Brandon. You know, I'm thinking of all the guys that are great communicators. I'm like, come on, you know, you certainly you want one of them. To, he, he, he looks at me, you know, kind of sternly, and he says, no, I want you to speak that message. And I just looked at him, I'm like, you know, okay, you know, all right, you know, and so I, I'm, I'm preparing, and I'm getting ready, and, and I just had to laugh that, you know, here people are going to come this morning for this great man message, you know, and then they walk in, and here comes a woman standing on the stage, you know, I just, what's going on here, you know, um, but I am very excited for us this morning, because I believe God's given uh, me a word for us this morning that will speak both to us women and to the men as well here today, um, and so I want to just go ahead and dive right into the word this morning. So will you turn with me to Ephesians 5? And I had to have Courtney get my glasses for me because it's just, what do they say? I'm getting up there or something? All right. Anyways. Um, so Ephesians 5, we're going to start in verse 22. Ephesians 5, 22, it says, Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. And the husband said, Amen. I'm, oh my goodness. Okay, let's try that again. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Amen. Amen. Okay. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church. And he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so the wives should be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, have, not having spot or wrinkle or any, any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother, and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. And now fast forward with me over to, if, uh, over to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. This is a great, great chapter on faith. The great chapter on faith here. And we're going to um, uh, read a large portion of this passage this morning, so just join with me if you have your Bibles. And if you don't have your Bible with you this morning, you can join with me on the screens today. Uh, Hebrews 11 and verse 4, it says, By faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain 
through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it he being dead still speaks. By faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, and which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he dwelt in the land of promise as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore from one man, and him as good as dead, were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitude, innumerable as the sand which is by the seashore. Verse 13. Those all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Verse 17, by faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said, in Isaac your seed shall be called, concluding that God was able to raise him up, even from the dead, from which he also received him in a figurative sense. By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. By faith Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph and worshipped um, leaning on the top of his staff. By faith Joseph when he was dying, made mention of the departure of the children of Israel and gave instructions concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the, re the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. For he looked to the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as, as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after they were encircled for seven days. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not, did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. 
And what more shall we say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens, women received their dead, raised to life again, others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still, others had trials of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonments. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, they were tempted, they were slain with the sword, they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth, and all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise, God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Everybody say amen. 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 That's a good good chunk of scripture that we've been able to read this morning. Um, exciting, exciting passages that we read this morning, and, and we're talking about man up. Uh, we're talking about the men this, this month of, of June. And as I, as I was preparing this message, and it's actually been happening um, with me for quite some time now, um, I just every time I turn on the TV, I get more and more grieved with each time I look at, at the TV shows and the, the sitcoms that are out there these days. And, and as I was preparing for this message, I couldn't help but think of some of these shows that I've seen advertised or the commercials that I've viewed. Um, and, and the way that men are depicted in these, in these films and in these shows, it grieves me. It grieves my heart, and I believe it grieves the heart of God. Because when I look at some of the shows that are out on TV nowadays, I see that there's a devaluing of men that has taken place in our culture. I see that, you know, that the husband in the, in the family unit um, comes home, you know, drags himself home, and he plops himself down on the TV, and he doesn't pay any attention to anybody that, you know, is in the household, and he just gets that remote in his hand, he starts flipping and his children come through and they have no respect for their dad and 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 and, and the father you know appears to have no fulfillment in his marriage and yet the wife comes walking in this you know gorgeous blonde haired you know skinny tall looking thing comes in and and clearly she's the one in control and she's the one in charge and then I see other shows that are kind of funny and you know I could throw out names but I'm not going to do it because some of us might watch them but some of these shows that it, it, it looks like the men are just idiots Okay, I'm just going to be honest. It, it depicts men as, as they're in their office space, okay? And, and they're just, I mean, mocked. And, it, and it's sad. And I believe that, you know, it, it happened, and I, you know, was thinking back, and I was thinking back to, like, one of the first shows that I could think of that, that really um, gave, you know, men just a bad rap, if you will. And one of the first ones that came to my mind, you know, started in the, in the late 80s, Married with Children. It, oh, dear Jesus. Oh, my goodness. Okay, that, okay, okay, let's just, the man had issues, all right? 
Okay, but let, I mean, look at that family. And then nowadays we've got, we've got, you know, family shows coming out, like, you know, the modern family. Really? And if you don't, if you don't, if you don't watch that, praise God that you don't. If you do, um, you know, read your Bible. Um, all right. But I was thinking about this and about how there's been truly a devaluing of men in our culture. And, and um, I want, I, I feel like God is, um, you know, there's a reason why I as a woman, as a wife, as a mother, am preaching this first message in this series today because I believe that God wants me to set something in order here at Urban Church. That as women, as wives, as mothers, we want you as men to know that we value you, that we appreciate you. That we, we, we hold you in esteem, and, and we want you to lead. We want you to lead your families. We want you to lead in your church. We want you to lead us naturally, and we also want you to lead us spiritually. And I believe that, women, if you're sitting there right now and you're saying, I don't want that, I believe at the end of this message you're going to see that you really do, okay? And so I, 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 I'm seeing, and I want to come against that this morning. I want to come against some of what our culture is, is communicating to the men in our, in our culture today. And I want you to know that you are needed and that we, we want you to take the lead and we want you to lead with great faith and that faith founded in Jesus Christ. Um, as I was thinking about um, my past and growing up, I, I couldn't help but remember a time when I was in, uh, I was probably 15 years old. I had my you know, driver's permit and didn't have my license just yet, um, but I had my car. My parents had helped me get a car, and um, I had my car, and so I would drive that with my mom. And one day, my mom brought me outside, and I walked outside, and the hood of my, um, my car, which I had a little Fiero. Does anybody know what a little Fiero is? Yeah, come on. So I was like the only one in my town that had a little Fiero at that time. Um, well, you know, the engine is not where it should be, okay? And so um, she had that part opened up where the engine actually was. And then there was this, there was this uh, jack on the ground next to my car. And I'm walking out going, what are we doing, Mom? And she comes over and she goes, honey, I'm going to teach you how to change your tire and how to change your oil because I don't want you ever to have to rely on a man to do that. And now, okay, before you start going, what kind of mom is she? Okay, my mom is an amazing mom. And a mom, if you're watching this, I know exactly what you're doing. Okay, you are protecting me because you didn't want me to break down the side of the road to have some strange man come up and say that he's going to change my tire and then capture me and take me away and kill me. Okay, I totally understand what you're doing. All right, so I understand what my mom was doing. She was wanting to protect me, okay? She didn't want me to have to, because we lived out in the country, okay? There aren't just, you know, like here downtown, you know, um, you know, the trucks driving by at any moment with the, the um, tow trucks. Thank you. There aren't, you know, tow trucks just a block away, okay? I mean, I lived out in the boondocks, okay? So if something happened, you know, who knows, might pull up and help me out, you know? But she wanted me to learn those things, and, and it was for my protection. I understand that. But as a teenage girl... You can easily walk away with saying, I don't need a man. That's right. I can change my own oil. Thank you very much. You, you need your tire changed? Dude, I can help you with that. No problem. No problem. You know? You understand what I'm saying? And, and, and so you can easily, you know, um, begin to have that, that mindset. And so this morning, as we look at this passage, though, I see that God has, there's, God puts so much value in men. And, and here in Ephesians 5, as we look at Ephesians 5, this, this, this passage of Scripture we see in verse 32 that it says, this is speaking specifically concerning Christ in the church. 
Okay, this is, this is in regard, this is being communicated to give us a picture of the relationship between Christ and the church. Us today, you and I, we are the church. And this is, this is giving us a picture of what his relationship is to the church, what his role is and what our role is. And men, the person that Jesus, that God chooses, chooses to use to, to depict himself in that role is you as a husband. He, he likens himself, he likens you to himself. He says, as I am, so the husbands are. He uses you as an example. What an honor it is. What an absolute honor it is. Because here's the reality, is if God wanted to at any moment, God could just come down here and show up for us and give us the picture of, you know, who he is and what his relationship to the church is like, okay? He can do anything, right? Okay, but he has chosen to use you as men to, to, to be his example here on the earth today. What greater honor is that? What greater value do you have that every single day you get to be that example to your wives, to your children, to your friends, to your coworkers of who Christ is? That is amazing, isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't that awesome? Look at the man next to you and just say, thank you. Thank you. Okay? Thank you. That is incredible. It's incredible what an honor it is. We also see in another passage, and you can just write it down on your notes if you're a note taker, and I suggest that you are, uh, do become a note taker if you're not already, because um, I've found, you know, I, I um, have a degree in teaching, and so I've found that we retain more. If we write it down, we can refer to it later, and we're actively involved in listening. And so you can write down Luke 11, 11. Uh, is another passage where God is, is, Jesus is on the scene and he's teaching the disciples on prayer. He's talking about prayer and he's doing this teaching on prayer. And he's talking about this and he says, you know, like fathers. And he speaks and he looks to the natural fathers. And he says, well, you fathers, you know, if your child comes to you and asks for some food, well, you're not going to give him a serpent, are you? Right? And he says, well, so with your heavenly father, if you as a, as a natural dad and, and one that was born into sin, if you will give your children good gifts, how much more your heavenly father, if you ask of him, he will give to you. And what does that tell us? That tells us that men, God uses you as an example again of who the heavenly father is. And your role is so important, so significant in your family. Because number one, we see that as Christ is the head of the church, you are the head of your family. You are the head of your household. The Bible says that God is the king of kings. He is the king of kings. And so, man, come on, put your crowns on, all right? You are the king of that household. Come on. And ladies, you can be rest assured you're the queen, all right? You know that already, but you're the queen, okay? Um, and so we see that, that he uses, yet again, the, the men to be an example. And what this tells us and what we need to understand as, as believers and men, what you need to understand is your role is so significant. Because when people look to you, when your children one day get to the age where they're going to begin to be, you know, you hand them off to God and you turn them over to the, the Heavenly Father. They're going to look and they're going to look to the Heavenly Father. And as they look to the Heavenly Father and they read scripture after scripture talking about God our Father, the reality is they're going to view God the Father through the filter of who you are as a natural father to them. And so, man, your role is so significant. Because as you are, so they're going to they're gonna see the Father in that light. That's, that's, I know that's a, a big responsibility. But I also know that God has given you all things you need for life and godliness. 
God, God's grace is so, so sufficient for you. And so men, we, we appreciate you. We value you. And, and the Bible makes it very clear that your role is so significant and so important. And we, we need you. We need you. Amen? Ladies, come on. Say amen with me. Amen. Now, can I say that not only are, is your role significant in the household, in your family, but your role is so significant in the church. And, and we value your role here at Urban Church. You know, they've done studies that have said that in the churches today, two -third, they say two-thirds of churches are made up of women. And so if we just take a moment and just kind of look around the room, um, that would be accurate here at Urban Church. Maybe even a little bit more, okay? They say actually that one in every five women go to church without their husbands. Go to church without their husbands. They say actually that many of the ministries within churches are actually led by women. But when we look at Hebrews 11, okay, can we just look there real quickly? When we look at Hebrews 11, out of the 16 individuals that are mentioned by name, 14 of them are men. But yet in the church today, those of you men that are here, come on. Amen. We, we honor you. You guys, are, you guys are our heroes. We're so blessed to have you here today. But yet, we see that we need more of you, all right? We want more of you. And can I just say that we don't need you just to open the jar that we can't open, okay? We don't need you just to pick up the speakers that we can't pick up, okay? Men, okay, if you come, if you come to set up on Friday night, and the men that come here to set up on Friday night, they know that the percentage of men to women at set up on Friday night, uh, can I just say some of the men would really love to have some of you other men joining with them on, on, on Friday nights for set up. Because, you know, we don't just need them to set up the speakers, okay? We're blessed and so grateful that you set the speakers up for us because, you know, as ladies, we'll get it done. Like, we'll do it, won't we, ladies? We'll, we'll make it happen. It'll be like 10 of us putting it up there, but we'll get it done, you know? I was joking around with, with um, Naomi, my mother-in-law, um, this Friday night, um, due to people's schedules and whatnot, we understand that we were a little bit lighter on setup than normal, and so um, my mother-in-law and I set up three of the children's classrooms all by ourselves, and uh, we did it in, in about an hour and a half. And, and if, you, if you know anything about setup on Friday nights, you know that that's amazing. Okay, we're just pretty amazing. Amen. Um, we're amazing. Um, and, and, and it was, we, we got it done, all right? We got it done. And I, I tweeted something about it, about how, you know, all right, we, we, we bam, like hour and a half. We, mom and I, we had it set up. And I said, by the way, did I mention my mother-in-law 74 years old? Did I mention that? I don't know if I mentioned that. And I put on there, she is amazing. Okay, so yes, ladies, we'll get it done if we have to, but do we want to? No. Come on. You know, and, and men, I, I know, I know because I have a husband. I know you men. You want to be needed. I know you love to be needed. I, I've seen it in my husband. When I'm in the kitchen, I'm cooking away, and I'm cooking away, and I'm trying to get everything prepared, and I've got that one jar. You know that jar that's been in your fridge, and it's, you know, you've opened it before, but now it's like locked, glued shut, and you're sitting there, and I'm like, and I'm, I'm everything in me, I'm trying to put everything into it, and I'm getting so frustrated. He's like, baby, what's wrong? What's wrong? I'm like, 
can't open the jar, you know? And I'm just frustrated at that point. He's like, let me help you with that. And he just, you know, all of a sudden, you know, he comes over. He's like, give me that. Pop, you know? There you go. And he walks away just like, I'm like, you are the man. I'm like, baby, thank you so much. Thank you. That was my, my arm. Like, my hand hurts. I'm like, thank you so much. And I mean, he walked away like feeling like the man, okay? The man. And so, ladies, okay, every once in a while, just hand the jar to the man, okay? Because every man wants to, wants to be needed, right? I've seen, the, I've seen it flip side, okay? When the guy is the one opening the jar, Okay, and the lady's like, oh, you can't get it? Let me help you with that. She walks over, and she's like, uh, uh, pop. And the guy's like, you know, walks away like, jerk, you know. And, and then the girl's like, well, you loosened it for me. Thanks. Like, you, you just loosened it. That was so great. And sets it aside. Come on, ladies. Can I just say this? Women, I know this because I've talked to some of the guys in the church. I've talked to some of the ladies in the church and some of the guys would say you know what there are times when we just feel like the ladies don't need us that they put off this image that they're so strong that they don't need us as men and they're like you know what we want we want to be needed we want to be needed and so ladies can i just challenge you a little bit here just because you can doesn't mean you should just because i can heave and hoe and pick up a speaker doesn't mean i should there's a great role and there are great men around you that will gladly come in and take that place for you and serve and, and minister to you in that way. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. There's a man that's waiting to come and do that for you. And I guarantee you, if you will lighten up a little bit, ladies, and begin to let the men take the lead in some of those ways, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna see some changes take place in the church. Amen? All right, guys, go ahead and say amen. 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 All right, how many of you men out there would say, um, I am willing to lay down my life for someone that I love. I am willing to lay down my life for them if it meant that I would protect them from harm. I will take a bullet. I will stand in front of that car. I will, I will do it. I'll do it. How many of you? Go ahead and raise your hands. It's okay. You can raise your hands. Thank you. Come on. Ladies, can you just clap for the guys? They are incredible. Yeah, that's, that's just the way you are. Like, you are like... I, you know, I'm going to take it. And, and, and we've, got, we've got, you know, guys that say, you know, church is just for the ladies. It's just, you know, just for the kids. And then, and then we see passages like, you know, here in Ephesians 5 where we see that Jesus says, just as I lay down my life for the church, so men you are to lay down your lives for, for the ladies that are around you, just as I lay, and so some of you guys, man, you're right there, you're like, I will be Jesus, and I will step in front of the bullet for you, come on, amen, amen, but what I see in scripture, if you look at Hebrews 4, verse 15, we see in scripture that, that Jesus was able to die the death that he died because of the life that he lived, so, so many of us, we put emphasis on the death that Jesus Christ died on the cross. He died for you and I, shed his blood so that we could receive forgiveness of sin. And absolutely, we better put some emphasis on that. There, absolutely, we're all grateful for the death of Jesus Christ and what it means for you and I. None of us would be here today 
had he not did what he did on the cross. But what we must understand is Jesus could not have done what he did on the cross had he not lived the life that he lived. And so this morning, I want to challenge you men. I, I know that you are willing to lay down your life for your wife, your, your friends, your, your loved ones. You're, you're willing to step in the way and take that bullet for them. But what I see in scripture is Jesus was willing to live a life so that he could die the death that he died. And so men today, my, my question to you is, are you willing to live a life of integrity? Are you willing to live a life of purity? Are you willing to live a life for your daughters and shower them with love and affection so that one day when that 17-year-old punk walks through the door, all right, they look at them and they go, uh-uh. See, my daughters, they know. They, they, they know already. My, my husband treats them like princesses, the princesses that they are. He treats them with love and respect. He takes them out on dates. And I'll tell you what, the boy that walks through the door that thinks he, that he's going to steal the heart of my girls is going to have to be better than my husband. He's going to have to be better than the man of God that's in our household. If he thinks that he's going to take their hearts and steal them away. And so, man, are you willing to live a life that shows your daughters the way that she really should be treated? So when that boy comes along, he's like, I don't, I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't have any plans. You know, do you have any cash? Like, we could go to a movie or something. She just looks at him and is like, goodbye. You know, move on, move along. Next person, next person. Because when we look at Hebrews 11, we see these men of faith that lived such an incredible life of faith, that lived a life that walked in obedience to God, that walked in in, in obedience to the Lord, that believed the word of God, that believed what God said and and were willing to just step out in obedience and faith to what God was speaking to them. And we we come into the churches and, and maybe we don't see a whole lot of men in the churches today. And some might say that church is just for the ladies and just for the kids. But yet we read passages like this. We read passages like of uh, Hebrews 11 that talks about, I mean, come on, we're sitting here and some of you guys, I know that as I was reading it, and it's going on talking about, you know, that the faith subduing kingdoms stopped the mouths of lions. They quenched with violence of fire. They escaped to the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong, valiant in battle, made their enemies flee, torturing, mocking, scourging, chains of imprisonment, slain with the sword, sawn in two. Some of you guys are like, where is that movie playing at? I want to go right now. You know, you guys are like, that would make a killer movie. Where is that coming out at, you know? But yet, you know, we see people say that church is just for the ladies. The Bible is just for the kids, you know, B-I-B-L-E, that's the book for me. Isn't that just a kid song, you know? No, man, some of the greatest um, wars and battles are contained right here in your Bible that you let sit on the shelf every day. Man, some of us, we let this thing collect dust, but yet there is the most exciting stories and passages contained in these scriptures that you will read and it will absolutely blow your mind. And we look at this passage and we see men that were willing to live a life of faith and men that were willing to live a life that set an example for the, all those that were around them. And I know that we have men just like that here at Urban Church, that man, you're living a life of faith and we honor you and we say amen to you and we say keep going, go for it, lead the way, lead spiritually, lead naturally. We, we are excited and we, we esteem you in that and we encourage you in that. And as we look at Hebrews 11, look at some of the men that are in this passage and the life that they lived. We look at Abraham and you can write down Genesis 12 
verses 1 through 7, Abraham, who obeyed God when God spoke to him and said, I want you to leave where you're at, and I want you to go to a place that I have prepared for you that's better, a promise that I'm, I'm, I want you to go to another land. And he picked up his family, his household, all of his belongings, and said, baby, we're on the move. We are going. And you know what his wife did? His wife said, amen, went right along with him, ladies. And, and we, we've got to trust and allow our men to hear from God and to lead as they hear from the word of God. And that's just what Abraham did. And so men, will you lead us as you hear from God, as you hear the word of God? Will you walk in faith and obedience and follow God if he has a better place for you? Because we are ready and we are ma- waiting to follow after you. Then we see Noah who with godly fear moved in obedience to God to build an ark and nobody knew what an ark was. The man was probably ridiculed for years as he's preparing this thing. A boat? What's a boat? Nobody had seen an ark before. Nobody had seen a boat. But he heard the word from the Lord, and he walked in faith and obedience, believing God. And what did he do? He saved his entire household. Men, we challenge you today to hear the word from God. And as you hear the word from God, I believe that as you build your family, and as you take your family into the church, which is, which is, a, which is a, a likened to an ark, as you take your family into the house of God, I believe that you will see your children spared and your wife spared, and you will see your loved ones spared from some of the things that could take place to them in the world. I believe believe that. I believe that. Amen. Do you believe that? Then what about Gideon? Gideon's mentioned here in this passage. You can look at it in Judges 6. Gideon went and he threw down some altars that were put up to other gods. Men, I challenge you, will you go into your households? Will you go into your families? Will you go to your, to your apartments? And will you begin to look and begin to tear down and throw down some altars that have been put up to some false gods and say, I'm not going to allow materialism in my household. I'm not going to allow impurity and immorality in my household. I'm not going to allow and begin to tear some things down and put some altars up, altars that are meant to be, um, to bring sacrifices to the Lord of Lords and to the King of Kings. We're looking to you today to tear down some false, false altars that have been set up. Then we've got Samson. Speaking of strength, guys, we know that your strength has come from the Lord. And as God strengthens you, will you use that strength that God has given you to destroy the enemies that might try to come against your loved ones, the people that you care about? Will you use the strength that God gives you and it enables you to, to destroy the enemies that might try to come against your church? Like Samson, living a life. Like David, will you be a man after God's own heart? Will you be a man after God's own heart that believed the word of the Lord when no one else believed? No one else in the nation had faith enough to believe that God was really going to be with them if they went out to that battle against Goliath. Yet David, a young man, a young man said, God said, what are all you doing? What are you sitting back? Why are you letting this, this, this Goliath say these things against the people of God? And he rose up and he chose to believe the word of God, believe what God said. And he went out and he took down some giants. Men, will you take sound some giants for us? Will you take down some giants for those that, some giants that come against your, your, your finances, some giants that come against your family, some giants that come against you? We're looking to you this morning. We want you to lead. We want you to take the lead this morning. We want you to rise up and, and lead and set an example for all those that are following after you. There in Hebrews 12, it talks about since you're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. 
I mean, you've got a lot of witnesses around you. You've got witnesses at your workplace. You've got witnesses in your family. You've got witnesses here at your church. And we're looking to you this morning. And I, I commit to you and I, I declare to you that as women of Urban Church, we will look to you with honor, with respect. And ladies, if you are sitting there today and you say, I don't respect my husband. He's not laying down his life for me. Can I challenge you this morning? Maybe he's not laying down his life for you because you're not respecting him. Whoa. Okay. You might be sitting there going, when he lays down his life for me, then I'll respect that man. Okay? The Bible, no, no, no. I guarantee you, the moment you begin respecting him and honoring him for who he is, what we've got to understand about these people that we read about in Hebrews 11 is they weren't perfect men. Men, we're not looking to you to be perfect and flawless. We understand that we all make mistakes and we all have failures. But we, we're looking to you this morning and we're looking to you and the simple challenge that these men took was they, they, they weren't perfect, but they were pursuing the one that was perfect. And as they pursued the one that was perfect, they were able to do mighty things for God. And we know, men, that although you may not be perfect and you have areas that God is working on, we know that. And we honor that. And we look to you this morning and just as, as you're pursuing the perfect one, Christ Jesus, we believe and we will follow you as, as, as Christ leads you and as he, as he directs you. Will you stand with me as we pray this morning? It says there in that passage, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and every, every sin that so easily ensnares us so that we can run the race with endurance. And so that we can what? When you run a race, you want to you get to the finish. You want to get that prize. You want to cross that line. And many people are doing that today. We've got a lot of people, uh, part of Urban, that are doing the marathon today. And I guarantee you some of them are still right now. They're, they're, they're working their fannies off. They're running as fast as they can to, to cross that finish line at the Rock and Roll Marathon. And, and some of you today here, Men, you might be here, and maybe there's some weights that, you, that you're carrying around this morning. Maybe you're carrying out around a weight of you've got, you, you're feeling the heaviness, you're feeling the weight of caring for your family, of providing for your family. And, and as women, as wives, as mothers, um, we, would, we would be um, amiss to say that we know that pressure because we don't know that pressure. I don't know that pressure. I don't know the pressure that you as men have on you to provide for your family and, and to, to, to set an example for them. And, and today, maybe you're feeling the weight of that this morning. You're feeling a heaviness there this morning, like you just don't know if you can take much more of it. You look at the finances and you're discouraged and you're trying to figure out how can I, how can I make more to, you know, and, and, and you're feeling discouraged in those ways. Well, you know, the Bible says that Christ's yoke is easy and his burden is light. And the reason why it's easy and the reason why it's light is because he's in the yoke with us. It's a picture of two oxen and one oxen on one side and the other oxen on the other side. Men, you're one and Christ is meant to be the other. You're not meant to carry that weight on your own. And so this morning, I believe many of you, Christ wants to come and just lift some of that weight off of you and say, you know what? Come on, look to me. Cast your cares upon me this morning. Let me carry the weight of your family with you this morning. Let me carry the weight of, 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 of what you've got going on in your personal life with you this morning. 
And ladies, I believe that God may be speaking to you this morning and challenging you this morning. Maybe you're sitting there and you're a single lady and you're saying, well, there is no guy for me in the church. You know, how am I ever going to find a husband? And I've heard that and I've seen Christian women leave the church because they said, well, there aren't any, you know, any guys that, you know, I'm really are really passionate about God and so what happens is is they go to the workplace and there's a man that shows confidence and men there ain't nothing more attractive to a woman than confidence and to a Christian woman there is nothing more attractive than a man that is confident in who he is in Jesus Christ you want to attract a woman you want to find yourself a wife you pursue God with everything in you and you stand with confidence knowing the God that you serve and you get a vision for your life from him and you run with it with all your might. There's nothing more attractive to me than, than watching my husband get a vision and run with passion for God. It's so attractive. It is so attractive. And ladies, you, you, some, you look around and and, and maybe this morning, some of the things that I said struck a chord in you. And you realize that you haven't been honoring the men in your life the way you should. Maybe you haven't been honoring your father and respecting him the way that you should. Maybe you haven't been honoring the brothers in Christ that are around you the way that you should. Maybe you've been trying to just do it all on your own and do it yourself. Maybe you haven't been honoring and respecting your husband. And instead, you've been like that continual dripping and you would say, you know what, Katie, I need, to, I, need to, I need to confess and I need to repent of that this morning. I need to repent before God. I need to repent before my husband. I need to allow him to lead as Christ leads him.